This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. She pulled my hair, put my lipstick on, in a glass of purple dry. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. I want to quickly thank my sponsors, Halt and Honda, for endorsing the program, getting behind the content, and my guests in the network. I want to thank my friends and family over at the C-Suite Radio Network, where my my podcast can be found following the live show. And I just want to thank you, loyal listeners and podcast subscribers. We're now hovering between 420, 450,000 Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald podcast subscribers. So cannot thank you enough. Once again, I am joined by another phenomenal guest. My guest today is a gentleman by the name of Dominic Quartuccio. So who is Dominic? Well, what I can tell you about Dominic is that he teaches high-performing individuals and teams in high-stakes environments how to design a future they can't wait to live into. Never comfortable being put in a box, Dominic would feel least irked by labels such as coach, speaker, author, entrepreneur, and adventurer. Much of his work focuses on elite women operating in male-dominated environments such as banking, law, technology, and financial services, where he spent 15 years as a corporate executive for Prudential Financial. He leads a team of two other high-performance coaches, or some may say healers, who work with leaders that know on some level they're leaving chips on the table and just don't know how to get at them. Dominic's team administers full mind, body, and spirit enemas on these leaders so they can dissolve the muck once and for all, unleash full self-expression, and watch those chips rain down like they rightfully deserve. Dominic loves venturing to the fringes of personal development, where all the weird things live in pursuit of true innovation, growth, and glimpses into what the future will look like. He is a recovering people-pleaser, compulsive competitor, and external validation seeker, still a work in progress. His book, Design Your Future, Three Steps to Stop Drifting and Take Command of Your Life, has been published and is now available on Amazon. Fantastic. Hello, Dominic. Welcome to Living Fearlessly. How are you, my friend? Oh, Lisa, I am so excited to speak with you. Our conversation last week was mind-boggling and energizing, and I have (laughs) no idea what we're going to talk about today, and I'm so excited about that. Well, I am too. And I just wanted to say for the listening audience, you know, I often do over the phone after we do initial contacts through LinkedIn or whatever social media platform or wherever the referral comes into to engage with prospective radio guests. I just want to say, Dominic, when you and I spoke on the phone, I could not believe the synergy. Uh, I couldn't believe in to what degree we were very paralleled in our universes. And I just want to say you are quite something else. I'm quite enamored by you. And I think that, uh, 
you know, everybody that I meet, there's no coincidences. And I'm so glad that you and I crossed paths. And I'm glad that for the, the benefit of the listening audience that we're joined today because you're very yummy and you offer so much yumminess, uh, important things that I think people will soak up and sponge up as I did when we spoke on the phone. So I just want to say thank you for the gift of your time because I know how off the hook busy you are. Well, I tell you what, I'm, I'm now going to be adding yummy and yumminess into my bio and potentially business cards. Um, you know, Lisa, to, to, for, for you, I mean, we talked about this last week. I was blown away by the listenership that you've been able to build in such a short period of time. But beyond the statistics that you accumulated, there was just a feeling I got from listening to you, not never knowing it, not, a, not knowing a single thing about you or your radio show. I just felt you. And oh. that was the thing I was saying yes to. Um, when, and then I learned a little bit more about your story that you, you shared with me. And I said, I knew it. I knew there was something special about this woman. So let's let's see you know, what else comes up today as we Aww. push our energy well, around. I, I just want to say thank you very much for that. I really, really appreciate your kind words. And as I express to you, and I do oftentimes on radio with my guests, you know, vibe attracts tribe. And so, you know, there's no coincidence who is showing up in my life once you get exceptionally clear within your own journey and endeavor to embark upon what you feel is most purposeful and what's most meaningful and pivotal in your own life. You know, the right people just show up, the opportunities show up, uh, all kinds of things. So, and you would know all about that because we're immersed in the same industry and the same world so let's put the focus back on you that's what we're here to do and uh and i just want to share your spirit and everything you have to offer and what you embody with the listening audience because you're such a treat and i want to share you so dominic let's talk a little bit about the backstory you know some of which was covered in the bio in terms of the corporate world and where you are now and, and kind of making a leap um which again i think is wonderful and i think that's very much uh, indicative of living fearlessly, which is why you're a guest on the show, because a lot of people, you know, doesn't matter if they're not feeling particularly happy or feeling joy filled with what it is that they're doing. But if they've already garnered, you know, some security and, you know, financial security, uh, and that's kind of what their life has already looked like for X amount of years, it's very hard for people to take that leap of faith and, and jump and plunge into the unknown, even if they know it's really what their, their soul is, is, calling out to them to do so let's talk a little bit about that let's talk about the backstory and uh and and some of the steps and and the trials and the tribulations and the thought processes and the mindset that goes along with that cool yeah so i, I to be a thousand percent real for the longest part of my life living fearlessly would have been a an entirely it would have been a total misnomer for the way i was living my life right everything that i had done was based on fear and it was only over the last eight or nine years where I really started to step into my discomfort zone and something else that I like to call my terror zone that gives me the right to say that I'm living fearlessly now, even though there's still some residue that I'm working through. And that's why I said that I'm still a recovering people pleaser, work in progress, that kind of thing. But to your specific question, Lisa, around having built a really successful corporate career, spent 15 years, one company, Prudential Financial, Love the people, love the culture, um, worked my way up through sales. I was an internal salesperson, became an external salesperson, became a sales manager, um, ahead of schedule and on all three of those areas. And at one point in time, I think the real turning point for me was in 2009, I was around 20, I think it was like 30 years old. The backdrop of the world was that we were in the biggest meltdown of my lifetime, my existence, and nothing was ever going to be the same again. Our 
unemployment rate was hitting high, you know, teens, and everyone was terrified. And yet at that point, I was having by far the most successful year of my life financially. Hmm. It had not, yeah, it had nothing to do specifically with the markets itself. It was just big sales deals I had been working on for years, all kind of came to fruition at once. And walking into 2009, I already had my sales goal doubled. Wow. By the end of the year, yeah, by the end of the year, it had tripled. And at this young age, I was about a decade and a half younger than anyone who was doing the same role equivalent inside the company. So I, I became the number one salesperson in the role that I was in. I, I hit a, a seven-figure mark in terms of my income for the first time in my life. And everything that I thought I had wanted, I got way sooner than I ever expected it to. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, when I did this inventory of, you know, why don't I feel better It started to scare me as I looked out over the future. I said, if this is as good as it gets and this doesn't feel really good, then what the hell am I building? What future am I living into? And those are first world problems that no one at that point in time I felt wanted to hear about. Right. I didn't even know where to go. (laughs) Right. Like the world is coming to a collapse and I'm here sitting thinking like now I'm upset about, wow, like I'm on this mountaintop. So I kept that. I buried that. Mm -hmm. And. I ended up going down two paths. I went down one traditional path that I see a lot of successful men going down, which is the more and bigger route. Well, if this doesn't feel good, then I want, you know, I want more spoils. I want a bigger apartment. I want bigger um, vacations. I want more women in my life. I want bigger goals. Mm -hmm. And that led to some very wonderful short-term pops in emotion and feeling and some destructive uh, Mm long-term implications. Fortunately, the other path um, where my entry point was through a woman who is very special to me, one of the closest women in my life, her name is Grace Gold, had introduced me to some personal development, which I had never, I never gone to that route of personal development um, because I thought that that was an admission of failure, that I I needed help. Mm -hmm. And when she pointed me to Tim Ferriss and reading some of his books, like The 4-Hour Workweek and Landmark Education... I mean, at least it opened up an entire portal for me to really start to do this inner journey where I was like, wow, I got clear on uh, what really lit me up and what, why I had gone on the path that led me to where I was mm-hmm. and where I needed to make some changes. And maybe I'll just hit on this really quickly because I think it'll fully answer your question and then I'll shut up is about five or six years later when I was running the sales team, um, I was the youngest person on the team. Everyone was reporting to me was older and they had been selling longer than I had. And many of them had seen me come into the company. I was like their coffee runner, like, you know, the little junior salesperson. (laughs) It's like legitimately I ran, I ran errands for them. And, um, and, and so when I stepped into this position where now I'm the guy who's the authority, I was intimidated and I couldn't be the traditional sales manager. So I, I had to go to areas of performance that they had never really uh, that no other leader, like the seven leaders they had before me had gone. And I went into areas of mindset. What's mm-hmm. going on outside of the business place that's causing you to perform or underperform in the workplace, like really caring about their personal lives, time management, energy management, all that stuff. And when they started opening up to me about that, they ended up having some of their best sales years ever, um, closed their biggest deals ever. And I realized that like, I, I, I was on to something and it was much more fulfilling than anything I had done on an individual level that eventually I was going to have to leave. Mm-hmm. 
I told you I was going to shut up, but there's this one story that I think is really important that maybe that, that would be really helpful for context. Yeah, this, this is your hour to shine, my friend, but I am going to circle back because you said something that I'm going to challenge you on. So go ahead. Oh, good, good. I, I was meditating, which was something that I picked up as part of my spiritual journey. And during my meditation this one day, a, a download occurred to me that said, Dominic, this is your new, your new path forward is going out on your own and elevating high performers and like eliminating the obstacles and the limiting patterns and belief systems they had to keep them stuck in place and showing them how they've charted a course to where they are today that maybe is misleading to them or someone else's story, not their own. Mm-hmm. But the, and my whole body started to vibrate, but then the voice in my head said, you could never make as much money doing that as what you do today. Wow. Hook, line, and sinker didn't even question that voice. I just said, you're right. Shut it down. And six months went by where I didn't, I didn't do anything. I just, I was like, wow, that'd be a really cool dream um, to live out. But it's someone else's. I could never do that because I'm so attached to the money that I'm making here. Six months later, another download comes down where it's like, you should be doing this. Body starts to vibrate again. That voice comes up and it goes, you can never make as much doing, doing this. But because my practice had deepened, all of a sudden, a new question came up, which was said, who the hell, who the hell says that I couldn't make as much money doing this? What if I can make 10 <laughs> times as much? And then what would I be afraid of? And instantaneously, even without believing, mm-hmm. uh, even without knowing how that was going to be possible, I just, I believed. And I, I charted this, yeah, this two year, I, I made a two year plan. I was like in February of 2016, I'm leaving. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Fantastic. Well, congratulations. Good for you. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to circle back because I am going to challenge you, but I'm going to challenge you in a way, I don't know if this has ever been brought to your attention. If you've shared the exact same story and you've prefaced it the exact same way, I don't know if anybody has kind of brought this to your attention. This is my takeaway from what you said, or maybe it was the way you said it or the context. However, when you said, you know, Grace Gould was the one who introduced the whole uh, concept of personal development, and that's when you started then embarking upon uh, Tim Ferriss and all these other, uh, you know, yummy things to kind of challenge you to think differently and offer you a different perspective. I'm going to say, and maybe at a subconscious level, even if you weren't technically tapped into the so-called personal development world at that point, I think personal development and we're talking about mindset and we're talking about challenging ourselves and and really going deep and honoring our intuition and things that are just kind of screaming to come out. I think when you already were having that first world question and going, oh my God, you know, first world problems, I'm I'm making seven figures, but I'm not really happy and, and blah, blah, blah. I think the fact that you went deep enough to recognize that, to validate that, to verify that as a fact within yourself, I think you that that is personal development. You know, you didn't go into denial, you didn't block it. Um you you handled that. I mean, you struggled with it, but we all do. That's growth, right? That's getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. So I would arguably say whether you identified that or recognize that as as what personal development was until Grace Gold got involved in Tim Ferriss books, you that is personal development. That is going deep within. That is questioning your own happiness, your own joy, your own fulfillment, uh, your own goals, your own purpose, your own you're listening to your own voice. You responded to your own voice. And so bingo. Like congratulations. <laughs> 
like congratulations because you know how many people continue to walk the face of the planet and you know and, and this is a conversation that comes up with a lot of entrepreneurs who I'm very grac- uh, grateful to to showcase and to interview but you know when you hear about people who work the grind the nine to five and they're working for someone else and they hate their boss and they don't like their team and they feel that they're getting overlooked and they're underutilized and they talk about hump day and they can't really quite enjoy the weekend because before you know it Sunday's around and you can't really fully enjoy Sunday because you're back to the grind on Monday, you know, um, but these people, because, you know, if you live in the States, you've already, you're already wrapped up in your 401k or here, you've got your pension already built up. You've got X amount of years of service behind you. Um, you know, people start to think, okay, well, I've got kids, I've got a mortgage, I've got a cottage, I've got two vehicles, I've got all these things. Maybe I just need to suck it up, you know, and if I'm making seven figures, who am I to take issue with that. There's some people who will never make that in, you know, cumulatively throughout the course of their entire career. So, you know, I want to say kudos to you. That is personal development. <laughs> There's so much of what you said there, Lisa, is gold. Um, thank you for the acknowledgement. I have not had anyone challenge me in that. And I think as you were giving the example of other people who feel trapped, and that's, you know, that's why I wrote the whole book about design your future. It's, it's for people who have done everything that you said, right? Like built that successful life um, did what they were supposed to do, what they thought that they were supposed to do and have everything they thought they wanted and yet still feel like restless or trapped in the life they've created it, it is that they don't. And even if they have that awareness, that personal development that you talked about of inside saying, man, maybe I, I really need to question all of this. They don't have an entry point outside of themselves. Like there's not another person in their life who has walked a step before them or a few steps before them that can show them the way in the way that I was fortunately able to with Grace, right? Who said like, check out this book, go to this program because the way that that occurred to me, and I see this with a lot of other high performers because high performers come to me because they see me as a business resource, right? It's always a business conversation first. Like everyone's like, I will, I will gladly upgrade my professional life. That is socially acceptable to have a coach <laughs> in that regard. But like no one wants to talk about what's underneath the hood of, yeah, like my, my wife won't sleep with me anymore and I have, you know, erectile dysfunction issues or I'm exhausted as a woman who supports a family and my husband's a deadbeat and I don't know what to do with that. So like those are the things that people have uh, a very hard time talking about and it's because we – I think we – we feel like we're a failure. We're supposed to put on this, this performance that everything is going well. So I think there are people genuinely out there, Lisa, that want to do the work. They just don't know where to access it or that access is even possible. Right. Well, I, I agree with that and I don't agree with that. And I mean, it's, it's subjective and it's all, you know, I think there's just so much awareness out there. I think even for people who aren't necessarily tapped into the personal development world, I mean, you know, anybody who knows Oprah or knows what the, what Oprah's about or Tony Robbins, I mean, again, it doesn't have to be your cup of tea. It doesn't have to be the world that you're immersed in, in terms of passions or career or being a coach or being an author or being within personal development. But there's another enough people who have blazed the trail for people to know even at a social media level who these people are and know what it is that they stand for or what it is that they embody so and 
you know, people know a lot of people through social media, whether they know them personally or not. And people, it, it, it's a big industry. It's a big industry. And I think when people are talking about uh, public awareness about certain things or, you know, sh- sh- putting the light on things that are no longer uh, tolerable, like the whole Me Too and, you know, racism and, and what's going on with Trump and all the divisiveness that's happening. You know, you don't have to be in the personal development world to know that people are taking stock of things. People are saying, no, not anymore. And there is a climate now. There's a shift going on in our culture that it's it's more allowable or it's more comfortable uh, to speak out about things that once before you would kind of go, okay, well, I don't know. That could really that could really hurt my career. That could hurt my public image. That could hurt a lot of things. No, you know, what, what makes people unique? What makes people stand out? People who actually say what it is that they mean, walk their talk, and they're not worried about the ridicule. They're not worried about the backlash, whether that come from their community, their family. You know, it's for many people, it's like, okay, I just, I got to change the script here. I don't have to live with the previous conditioning of what was once upon a time indoctrinated for me to believe was the life I had to live for myself based on other people's definition of what's normal or what's acceptable or what's successful. Um, so I, I question, I challenge that too. I think there's a lot of shifting going on right now. On the planet and universally and uh, particularly in our industry, Dominic, um, that I think you kind of have to be under a rock to not know that some of this stuff is going on. Yeah. And you'd be surprised how many people that I work with that are under rocks, right? Like a lot of the corporate space that I, I go back into. So a lot of my work, I have entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs I find easier to work with because they're just they know the value of a dollar invested in myself personally has mm-hmm. a direct impact in terms of the, 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 the performance of my business in the corporate space. It's amazing how few people have ever spent a single dollar of their own money on their own personal development, including personal development books. And it shocks me sometimes of how such basic concept, like the concepts that you and I would find basic, like, mm-hmm. you know, what's the voice in your head? Or what are the stories that you're telling yourself? What are limiting beliefs? These things are like, like foreign, completely. It's like Chinese algebra or something that, like, you know, it's indecipherable. And 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 that and that gives me um, that, that that excites me because of the fact that I think people are now open and willing to listen to that in a way where they haven't before. Because I also see that you and I are in complete agreement around there's a massive shift that's, that, that is underway right now mm-hmm. for, for many macro level reasons. And also what I see is that people are under such pressure professionally where more is being asked of them every single year. Mm-hmm. Like if you go last year over this year, the stakes have raised this year over next year, like the stakes will be raised again. The reality is that the stakes will be raised on people every single year until they choose to retire or stop working. Mm-hmm. And that should be exciting because if you're not, growing, you're stagnating and high performers that people don't want that. But the reality is people are feeling like they're already at maximum capacity right now. Their bandwidth has been completely stretched and they've sacrificed either their personal health, physical, Mm -hmm. mental, emotional, or spiritual. They've sacrificed their personal relationships, partners, spouses, families, children, um, or they've sacrificed their personal freedoms, like doing the things they want to do when they want to do them, taking a vacation and like not worrying that the business is burning down when they when they when they're gone and coming back to 900 emails that just wipes away all of your vacation time. Right. So people are starting to question like with all of that mounting pressure 
is what I'm doing worth it? I'm mm-hmm. all consumed. I wake up, I got emails. I go to bed, I got emails. Like the, you know, I work 12 hour days. I can never get ahead. Mm-hmm. And is it worth it? Is that question that's coming up over and over and over again? Um, and and so I do think that people are for sure ready. And people pull me aside all the time, like in those, you know, in those after the workshops and say, what do I do? Uh, but it's amazing. Lisa, to me, it still amazes me how few people or how many people I see still living under rocks. Right. Well, you mentioned some interesting things there. And I think, again, I think it's it's perspective. I think it's coping mechanisms. I think it's, you know, if people dependent on how it is that they're dialoguing with themselves. And I talk about this quite consistently, too. You know, be your own hero, be your own shero, be your own leader, be your own best friend. And particularly for myself, being a serial solopreneur, yes, I have a team and you know, primarily that's back and forth emails and phone calls and the odd visit once or twice every two weeks to check in in person. Um, but I mean, you've got to be very thick skinned. You've got to be comfortable in your skin. You've got to treat yourself with the same level of respect uh, and appreciation as you would anybody else who's uh, not just, you know, in struggle, but celebratory, you know. So, I mean, I don't have anybody giving me a performance appraisal. I don't have anybody going, OK, Lisa, like you got to get this stuff done. Um, you know, you got to be self-disciplined, but I think to myself, you know, you got to put it in perspective. Like I say to myself every single day, yes, you know, the, the more publicly you're out there, the more people seek you out, the more people want to collaborate, the more people just, you know, they pop out of the woodwork and you would know all about this as well, Dominic, because it's a result of you getting exceptionally clear and then the right people and the right opportunities show up. So for me, I've already accepted the fact that and I'm quite fine. Uh, I'd rather be doing the 12, 14, 16, in some cases, 18 hour days, seven days a week, working for myself, knowing that I am very clear on my vision, uh, the clarity in which I, I am momentously growing quite fast. Uh, and yeah, there's a downside that comes with that. There's more influx of people that want to talk to you. Uh, business, you know, and then you've got to, you've got the competing needs of people in your personal life who think, you know, she's too busy for me now, or she's outgrown me or she, whatever, you know, to me, you just got to put it in perspective and go, okay, that's just chatter. That's background noise. And if I've signed up for this, knowing where I was taking it, like I'm in it to win it. There's, you know, I'm all in with my business and as we all are as entrepreneurs. So I think you've got to be very clear on, yeah, there's going to be competing needs. There's going to be an influx of, of uh, emails. There's going to be overlapping appointments. But, you know, you got to figure that stuff out and not let it bombard you to the point where it stifles your creativity or your time management or being self-disciplined or even at the end of the day still like looking forward to waking up and going to bed just as happy as you were waking up, loving what it is you do and doing what it is that you love. So, you know, I think if people are constantly being railroaded with their own thoughts that challenge if they're in a good space or they're actually honoring themselves, then yeah, that's the mirror you've got to look at. That's the intuitive voice you've got to respond to and pay attention to. Um, But I think, you know, if you're going to bitch about the direction things are going in and that's what you wanted things to do at the outset and the beginning of all this, then, you know, are you ever going to be happy? You know, are you ever going to be happy? Right, right. And Lisa, one of the things that you said that is such a thematic problem for people who are elevating is this part where their old world no longer fits with the with the new world that you're living into. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the relation, and then that, I think this is one of the things that keep people back, and I see this thematically with people who come to me and my team to work with is, 
they're afraid that as they expand, that certain relationships will then have to end and Mm -hmm. certain relationships will. And Mm -hmm. there will be a certain amount of people who throw stones at you for Lisa, you've changed or you've gotten too big for your britches or you've forgotten about me or you. And, and, and it reminds me of the Marianne Williamson quote, right? It's like, yeah. we're, not, we're not a field that we're not afraid that we're less than it's like our, our, our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And I, I don't think that it's, we're, we're afraid that we're powerful beyond measure. I think we're afraid of how everything changes once we step into our power. And I know that, you know, coming from a place where, again, as a reformed people pleaser, right? Growing up in a household where my parents um, raised me to be very considerate of other people, right? To be highly empathetic. I have an older sister who has special needs. Um, so developing an, as me being an impatient kid who's very competitive and having an older sister who could be, could not be further from competitive and who couldn't be more present in what she's doing. Like I had to learn um, how to walk a mile in her shoes. So I grew up empathetic I grew up with conditioning about really con- con- concerning myself with how other people's emotions were important. And I subordinated my own. I never wanted to trigger other people. And in a way, it was something that allowed me to develop into a place where I am right now, which I can listen intricately to what's going on in people's lives. And I can feel their feelings at like on a visceral level, which helps me to do what I'm doing effectively. And at the same point in time, it caused me to water down my power because if I ever said something that was judgmental and I can be a highly judgmental person and very discerning also judgmental in my worst form of myself, very discerning in the highest form of myself Mm -hmm. that I would be afraid of hurting someone's feelings or triggering someone or disturbing the peace, rocking the boat. And over the course of my lifetime that I became an indentured servant to Mm -hmm. other people's emotions Mm -hmm. and when, when that started happening, I, when I started creating awareness around that, I realized that if I was ever going to have true freedom to live a life of full self-expression and to speak up around what mattered to me, I was going to start to piss some people off. And yeah. there were some people who I had attracted energetically in my life um, who just weren't vibing with where I was going. Um, you know, they wanted to keep me where I was and I, I, I couldn't. You know, there had to be a pruning that took place and that was hard and I took some shots, but mm-hmm. I realized that stepping into this new place, once I've done it once, it gets easier and easier. And I share this story because there's so many people who are out there who are like, I know what I want, but I'm afraid of my partner won't elevate at the same level. And what yeah. could that happen in my, in my, that one of our clients had that for sure. And I love my partner or mm-hmm. what will mom say? What will dad mm-hmm. say? What will my kids think? What will my co and that is a ceiling that people, they think that other people are placing that on them, but it's, it's truly self-imposed. There's the fear, if we're talking living fearlessly, the fear of overcoming the short-term judgment and broken eggs in order to have like this massive long-term life of full self-expression. And I can tell you from having gone through iterations of that, I'm not, I'm not fully there yet, but iterations of it, the world opens, my heart opens. And the people that come into my life, like you're here and we're talking only because I've done that. And Mm -hmm. you have close to half a million subscribers, which is outrageous. If you think about just like how hard that is in this crowded world of information, you have over like about a half a million subscribers who are listening to you because of the shifts that you've gone through. This stuff is extraordinary and it's possible for other people if they're willing to put in the work.
Well, I appreciate you saying that. But again, my show is made up and you know this, the synergy of, of who it is that I'm showcasing. And and I think because we do refer to Vibe Attracting Tribe, uh, because we synergistically were already aligned when we were having our initial consult before, you know, bringing it to radio to the listeners here today. You know, it, this whole show is about personal development. It's, in my whole life, everything I did, even in my prior vocation, was about empowering other people to empower themselves. And for some of the backstory of what I've gone through, which I shared with you and my listeners would be well aware of, um, you know, it, it's really just taking the transferable skills of what I used to do to help elevate other people. Now I'm taking it to the masses and using the different platforms that are available to me to connect with the masses because I really do believe living fearlessly is a birthright. And I think if we go back to the basics of who we were in our childlike spirit, that's when we were our most risk-taking. That's when we were our most curious. That's when we didn't care if people necessarily liked us or whether it was safe to jump in the pool and we didn't know how to swim. You know, we'll learn how to swim after. Let's just go have fun. And, you know, so it's just, but, but the more we grew up, again, more the indoctrination of the um the way it was embedded in us you know do this don't do that you know this is this is what the kind of grades you need to have even if it means you don't enjoy the subject you know this is the type of thing you should be taking at post-secondary education because this is what's going to produce uh you know the most stable of income and you know but never taking into account it you know this is this is your daughter or this is your sister or this is your friend or this is your spouse or whomever you know is it not more important for you to know that the person you claim to love and have their back uh, and be more concerned with their overall well-being, that they're truly honoring themselves? Have you even had that dialogue? Do you even care to have that conversation? Um, So I just think life is too short. And regardless of what people's religious or spiritual beliefs are, what we do know for a fact for today is this is the realm of existence that we each live in. And none of us are guaranteed tomorrow, cliche as it is, but it's very true. We're at an age now where we know people are dropping off, whether it be aged parents or people being diagnosed with cancer in succession much younger than ever before, uh, people who have MS, you know, all kinds of things. So I think for myself, if this is my last 24 hours and I have a choice, regardless of my own challenges, and let's face it, even as a single parent, I'm always going to have that on a daily basis, you know, how do I want to go out? Like if today's my last 24 hours, do I want to go out emitting my energy on the what ifs or, you know, what if I'm not fulfilling or living up to somebody else's standards? Or what if I've disappointed somebody because I've actually endeavored to go off the beaten path of how I've chosen to live my life and it goes against the grain? Or am I going to go, okay, if this is my last 24 hours, I'm going to go gangbusters and I'm going to emit my energy into the into the universe and, and get behind everything I absolutely believe in and squeeze every second out of every moment that I've got left here. So it's a choice. This is what I say. This is a choice, Dominic. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's absolutely 100% a choice. And as you're talking about, like, no question, I can feel that you can tap into the 24 hour thing, right? If I have 24 hours left to live, I can feel oh, yeah. it. Can, like you can literally see like 24 hours from now, what if it were to end in like you can tap into it and create change as a result of it. I, I, I don't think a lot of other people can actually feel into that in their present state. And I see a lot of people who intellectually get that and they go, yeah, and they read the quote on Instagram or they read the quote on Facebook and they like it and then go right back to doing the <laughs> default thing that, that, that like keeps them stuck in the mundaneness, right? And, and when, you're, when you're living a life of default or hamster wheel-ish stuff or coping and escaping, whatever it is that you're doing, maybe just, maybe just you know, doing what you do without much of a question, it's hard 
to translate what you know at an intellectual level to what you feel on a cellular level. And that's why we see people who know that smoking is going to give you cancer continue to smoke. People who know that they've already had three heart attacks because they overeat continue to overeat. And it's like something has not shifted. And so um, I know we're not looking to get prescriptive here, but one of the things that I've always found uh, to be super useful, this, this worked for me because I was one of those people, Lisa, that had a hard time connecting with the whole you know, if I had 24 hours left to live, it just, it just didn't, like, I couldn't get there because I wasn't far enough in my development I, where I can do it now. I, um, I have this neat little exercise um, that some people might find morbid, but I find it to be extraordinary if you can tap into it, which is called, and this is not my own, but I learned it along the way, which is called writing your own eulogy. Mm, yes. And I tell people that there's going to be a certain point in your lifetime or actually it's directly after your lifetime where someone's going to stand up and read some really nice things about you that you're never going to get a chance to hear because your time on earth has been, has been passed. But wouldn't it be cool that you didn't need to know what they had to say because you had already lived such a life of intentionality that you knew everything that they would have said about you anyway. Exactly. Beautiful. Of, and, and to connect with that, it's like, you can start to ask yourself certain questions of not when you think you'll die, but how long do you, how long do you want to live? Mm -hmm. How long do you really want to live? And if you actually dive down into this, it, it can be a really exciting exercise. You know, some people say, Oh, I don't want to, you know, I'm going to want to die at 70. Well, why? Because mm -hmm. there's a precondition, there's a preexisting belief that my grandfather died at 70. My father died at 70. It's like a lineage thing, or I don't want to be incapacitated, you know, peeing into a bedpan, and uh, not being able to walk around on my own, it's like, okay, if those things were eliminated, right? Like, mm -hmm. well, say we're heading towards a place where healthcare and um, nutrition and everything allows you to live a vibrant lifestyle up until the day before you pass, how long would you want to live? Whoa. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, for me, and I write this in my book because I have the eulogy exercise in my book, uh, 121 years of age. Why? Partly because I'll live to the year 2100, and I just think that would be cool. And... <laughs> <laughs> and I want to, I want to, I want to live well into my hundreds. And I believe that like, I will be up active moving around. So that's a part of it. And the other part of it is what if some of the best days of your life have not yet been lived? Mm -hmm. And, and I think a lot of us don't realize that that's the case. Like I've always believed the greatest days of my life are ahead of me and I have always been proven right. And it's only because I believe that to be the case. We, I think we glamorize our glory years as being younger. Like, you, you know, Bruce Springsteen's one of the best, but glory days will pass you by, <laughs> right? Right. And, you know, um, Brian Adams, the summer of 69, those are the best days of my life. John yeah. Cougar Mellencamp, Jack and Diane, where he talks about um, life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. And we sing along with these things like the past mm. is the best, like it, it, those were our greatest days and now we are just creeping slowly towards death. I say bullshit to that. Yeah. You can, you can have that. Um, but when I went through a real, I, I did a real inventory of what, what my future looked like. What was I creating? It really helped me to connect with and break out of the default moments the default existence of today to say, wow, I could really chart a course where I could have very different things over the next five, six, seven, eight decades of my life. Lovely. Well, I'm going to challenge you again on something. Um, yeah. 
you know, because I often, I like to take, I like to do devil's advocate. Um, that's how I go di- deep or dig deeper within myself. And I challenge my own beliefs. Uh, I always take that angle with myself. So I do see the merit and I, I actually, to some degree, subscribe to what it was you said in terms of that adage of, you know, what if some of the best days uh, you haven't lived, you haven't experienced as of yet, or however it was specifically that you said that. Um so, yeah, I if I look at it from the perspective that, you know, if I'm committed to always being the best version of who I am, it's more it's it's not about comparing myself to other people. I don't look at other people's stats. I mean, I do from the perspective of cheering people on my colleagues, my peers or, you know, whatever it is that I know that they've worked really hard at behind the scenes, because, you know, another thing we talk about, too, is what people deem to be an overnight success. But people don't mm-hmm. see all the shit that goes on constantly uh, behind closed doors to make certain things happen, which people have have the ability to make things look seamless and and easy, but we know the reality of that couldn't be further from the truth. So going back to my original point, yes, as a manifester, as somebody who's always, uh, you know, very staunchly committed to uh, improving myself, to elevating myself, uh, to challenging myself, to always be in congruency with who I say I want to be and, and truly walking my talk. So yes, as a manifester, as somebody who visualizes, as somebody who's constantly writing goals, striving to you know break my own personal records. So yes, because I see where I'm continually going, which is only based on growth, um, internal growth, Yes, I get that some of my best days probably haven't occurred as of yet. But then there's the other part of me that if I really do focus on we're all going to die and this could in fact be my last 24 hours, I'm more concerned with, you know, this is the best day because I'm fucking here. You know, like mm. <laughs> never never mm. mind tomorrow or next week or next month or what my goals for 2018 are. If I really break it down to what does Lisa truly believe in and the energy that I try to emit on a daily basis – this is all I've got to work with. This could be the last thing that I ever do publicly. This is my conversation with you, which would be absolutely lovely. Um, <laughs> you know, but I mean, but but there's a part of that, too, that comes from being present and really appreciating the gifts and the bless- blessings and the lessons that we have right now. Even if the best days of my of my life are still ahead of me, I don't know that I'm actually going to be there to recoup them. So today's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, you're opening up an, an amazing um, conversation thread. So I love this concept of holding paradox. Mm. And the paradox is being present and loving everything that happens in the moment. And at the same time, we have a future and yeah. uh, we have responsibilities. And so I find that so many people are, are now thoroughly confused because <laughs> like – I find that a lot of the people that I work with, especially those who are very successful, are so future-oriented, so goal-oriented that when people tell them, you need to be present, you need to be in the right now, the power of now, Eckhart Tolle, that they just don't <laughs> want to hear another fucking word of it because it's like, I, it's like, but okay, but how do I be present with knowing that there's a future? So, you know, Eastern philosophy talks about being the here and the now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then the Western philosophy is all about like building that future. And what I and, and I always found that there was like this contradiction in, it, when, when you look at it from a binary perspective. Like they can't, they can't exist in the same place when it's an either or or right or wrong. Well, the way that I love to look at it is from a holding paradox perspective, which is why can't both be true? Yes. And I find that the friction between the power of now and the power of the future, the friction between those two is where the magic happens. Isn't it? Right. I mean, because obviously, Lisa, 
you wouldn't be building a movement that you've been building with such intentionality, with such ridiculous growth, like 20 or 30,000 subscribers per extra prescribers per month without some sort of future plan. And you wouldn't be as locked in and engaged in this conversation that we're in right now if you weren't so fully present. And what I think the biggest misconception is out there is that one is better than the other. And that and, and, and that's where people get confused. They get conflicted. They don't know what to listen to. And so and I was one of those. And I think that through a deep reflection, it's like, oh, I can do both. Yeah. And really understanding what lever can I pull in this particular moment that allows me um, that, that allows me to live in accordance with my deepest truth. And, you know, to, to take this a step further, this is this has been a big part of the work that I've been doing in the masculine and feminine energy of things. Mm-hmm. Um, masculine energy like was how I grew up, very competitive sports, football, baseball at a very competitive level, fraternities, sales, built my whole life around being competitive, goal setting, goal crushing, very linear thinking, and always comparing, you know, setting up paradigms of, you know, can I beat records? And I think there's a time and a place for all of that. And I also found that I would bring all of that into places where it didn't belong, Mm -hmm. like relationships, you know, like being in the present moment, I found that a lot of that, I, I didn't even know that there was another lever, lever to pull. And that's when I started. So that's yang, yang energy, yang energy. So yin and yang, you know, like yeah. that's masculine energy. Um, what I've really been diving into over the last year is the feminine energy of things, which Beautiful. Yeah, is, is really understanding that there is a, a flow, a non-linearness that, not everything has to be defined, that there is a, um, an exploration and an intuition. My intuition was dog shit for such a long period of time and, and never listened to it. Always like always doubting, you know, I would feel something and then my monkey mind would set in and be like, I need testimonials or I need proof. Show me the stats, like show me the research. And now I, I, I've, I've such a finely attuned sense of, um, my intuition and it allows me to jump into conversations like this with you, Lisa, mm-hmm. without in the first 30 seconds of us talking, like I knew what we were going to do this. Um, the coaches that I brought into my life that have helped me break through some of the compulsions that have, have been a part of my life. Uh, some of the self-limiting beliefs, I pulled them in purely through intuition, not knowing a single thing about them. They don't have an online presence. I have no testimonials or research and I cut them a check that could only be equated to a down payment on a mortgage without knowing anything else about them because I felt them and they have delivered on a level that um, is almost otherworldly. None of these things would I have been able to allow into my life if I'd only been pulling that one lever. So I I have choices and this goes to put a cap on it, Lisa. I have a choice masculine and feminine energy now or future. Whereas before I only had a command. Mm-hmm. I love it. 
I love it. And just being cognizant of time, there's a few things I want to quickly get in here again, because this is about you. And I, I mean, I, I, I could talk to you forever. I mean, sometimes <laughs> I, I just, I love all my guests. I appreciate all my guests, but sometimes there's just some people who you just vibe with. And we did instantly. I knew this was going to replicate our initial contact with each other, uh, which I'm truly grateful to you for, because I know the audience eats this stuff up. They can hear the authenticity. They can hear the synergy. They, they feel it. So thank you for that. Um, but you know, I, I think it's, I think it's crazy, right word, wrong word, who cares? Um, you know, that, that people still get stuck or hung up on the fact that yes, you can function within polarities and dualities. I mean, do we not do that on a superficial level day to day, you know, like, oh, you know, I kind of want a tea, but I also want a drink of juice. I'm, you know, I, I, you know, you know, like, I mean, people understand it at that level or, you know, I'm hot. Oh no, I'm cold. I'm going to put on a sweater. No, I'm going to put, take off my turtleneck. Like, you know, like people get it on the, on the, the micro level, but when it comes to the macro level, it's all of a sudden, everything goes out the window. It's like you're, you've got two heads, you know, yeah. you've got three heads because you look at it at a deeper level or you look at it outside the realm of, of you know, one dimensional thinking, uh, which some of us, that's how we operate. You know, we see things in the abstract. We see things in the gray. We see things that we can't tangibly feel, touch or see, but we know it exists because we feel it energetically. So um, I, I just think, you know, I, I'm so glad that we touched upon this subject because, yes, at, at a very superficial level, people experience every single day. Oh, you know, do I want the tuna sandwich again? Or, you know, they go to their favorite restaurants like, well, I always get the regular thing off the menu, but I kind of feel like maybe I should be experimental and try something else. But, you know, so we all know what it is to have competing interests or to feel two different emotions at the same time, highs and lows, you know, uh we understand that, but then when you take it to the higher level of talking about mindset or talking about disruptive leadership or talking about emotional intelligence or talking about uh, artificial intelligence, you know, different kinds of things, people go, what? You're like, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, are you on acid or something? You know, like. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but anyway, with only having a few minutes here before we have to say cheerio and listen, we're going to definitely do this again because I love this. I, I love your energy, uh, Dominic, and I so appreciate it. Um, but as far as your book, where can people find your book? What is the title again? How can people find you to seek you out for coaching, mentoring, uh, any webinars you have, getting a copy of your book they wanted inscribed, whatever the case may be, how can people connect with you? Awesome. So the book just was launched on Amazon. My publisher released it last week. So it's called uh, design your future, three simple steps to stop drifting and take command of your life. Uh, so that's easy on Amazon. As far as uh, our coaching goes, uh, that's not something that I'm offering right now. We're at full capacity for a good period of time. So that's that's um, that's on the side. But the, first world problems. First world, first world problems. problems. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's, it's incredible. But what I would say is the most the thing I'm most excited about it. You can you can reach out through my website on this one. So that's DominicQ.com is I am launching my very first women's only retreat for women, high performing women in male dominated businesses. Love it. Yeah. And um, the, the purpose there is that high performing elite women uh, do not want to be a part of a support group or something that looks like it's a, um, <laughs> what, they, they don't want to be part of a support group or like, what was me? Because I'm a woman in a male dominated environment. I'm alone. Or I, I want a special privilege because no, it's like, but there are certain problems that 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 women in high performing uh, high performing women in male dominant environments experience. And the three things, and I'll just put a cap on this, would be number one, exhaustion. Playing a man's game on you know on a way game on their turf constantly leads to exhaustion. 
The number two, a big theme I see is a lack of uh, intimacy in their personal lives. Mm-hmm. And number three is uh, an inability to receive on any level abundance, re- support, affection, uh, love. And those are the difficulties that um, that we want to overcome. So we're going to be focusing on men, money, and me relationship to myself in that place with other high-performing women who want to have a community of like-minded people. So that's the big one, and that's going to be held in April of this year, four days. And uh, yeah, that's it. Beautiful. Well, listen, my friend, I can't thank you enough for the gift of your time. We're going into the holidays just days away. I want to wish you a fantastic, safe, relaxing, hopefully. Uh, And I know you're going to be working like I am still. It it never ends. Um, But I hope you can carve out some time for yourself. And I really wish you nothing but the best in going forward. I know there's some additional great things uh, ahead of you. I don't know if you wish to quickly share that with the listening audience or if you want to, if you're tight lipped about other things. Oh, I'm not tight lipped. I'm I'm, most of my stuff is out there for the world to see. And uh, I, um, what's the best thing? Uh, Just to preview, I am writing a book right now called Sleeping with the Enemy, and it's a woman's guide to elevating or eliminating the toxic relationships in her life. And the focus in there is going to be um, intimate relationships, so Mm -hmm. relation, you know, personal intimate um, business partnerships family relationships, and then also the relationship with yourself. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. Well, I just want to thank you again, Dominic. You're such a treat. You are yummy. Everything you're doing is yummy. You're, you know, everything you do totally speaks to me intrinsically. Uh, so I just want to say good on you. The world needs more people like you. We can't have enough of it. Uh, truly, we can't uh, and we don't. So I just want to wish you all the best. We're going to continue to be in touch behind the scenes and as fellow colleagues going forward with other things that are upcoming for you. And again, we can always bring you back on the show to announce those certain things and, and plug you and promote you. And you've always got my unconditional support so anything i can do to help you out and assist you with other aspects of your journey kindly let me know i would only be too happy to do so uh to my listening audience i want to say thank you once again for your loyal listenership for taking time out of your schedule to tune into living fearlessly with lisa mcdonald here on the contact talk radio network i certainly receive uh your feedback your testimonials i'm listening i'm very in tune with what it is that you're asking for hopefully between my guests and i we're continually uh you know meeting the expectation of what it is that you're looking for in the way of content i believe that we are so thank you for all your kindness thank you for your loyal support your listenership uh again to the 420 450 000 podcast subscribers i can't thank you enough we can't do this alone very important to get the message of living fearlessly out to the rest of the world because everybody uh has succumbed to this at one point or another uh people are still struggling with it people are however receptive to tools and guests such as dominic today to help them uh find ways that they can navigate and maneuver and get themselves unstuck by getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and just plunging in life is too short for all we know this could be the last day for all of us so i just want to say thank you once again to c-suite my family and friends over at c-suite again my my um the link, the podcast link can be found on my host page. Uh, so I appreciate the double exposure. I appreciate all the support I get from the Contact Talk Radio Network, which, of course, is where my journey all began. So thank you very much to Cameron Steele, the network owner, my dear friend. And I just want to wish everybody a fantastic and safe holiday season. I'm very much looking forward to being back here next Friday and well into 2018, bringing you great content and fantastic guests, uh, equally stellar to our friend here, 
Dominic. So, Dominic, take care. All my best. Love and gratitude to everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. Visit her at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.